we find in the Gemara a couple of instances, actually in Masech Tavay we find it three times, Bochor Rebbe, where Rebbe cried because of somebody who was Koina Oilomai Bisho Achas. There are a few different stories. One of the executioner of Reb Hanina ben Tradian, who hastened the death of Reb Hanina ben Tradian, and a baskel came out and said, he's mezumen l'chai o'ilam abo. Another story about Eloza ben Drudoy, who was a terrible balavera, who did shuv in the final moments of his life. Another story about Ketia bar Sholem. And in each case, a baskel announced, a heavenly voice announced that this person will be zoichet t'chai o'ilam abo. And each time the Gemara tells us, Bocho Rebbe, Rebbe cried, Yesh koina o'ilomai b'sho achas. And the question is asked, why is the, what was the reason for his crying? He should have been happy. Somebody in a show, great simcha. And I saw a magnificent marshal in the Sefer Imre Pinchas tells a story about a father who had two sons. And one night they were very late coming home and he's waiting. It's already an hour after midnight, two hours after midnight. And finally they come home and he asked the first one, where were you? And he says, I'm so sorry. I got out. I went out with some friends and they dragged me along to play cards and we gambled and I even lost the three dollars allowance that you gave me and he starts crying but I promise I'll never do it again give me another chance the father says I see that you're serious and you won't do it again he asked the second son says where were you and he sings him the same song I also went out with some friends and I also gambled I even made twenty thousand dollars playing cards but I'll never do it again and he's crying you should forgive me and the father gives him a smack in the face how dare you go and you gamble and he starts giving him a whole musadrasha and he's crying, says, how come for my brother you accepted his excuse and me you treat so harshly? And he said, your brother told me he lost $3. If he lost $3, that means he was gambling for pennies. If you won $20,000, that means you were gambling for high stakes, you were playing with big money. Imagine had you lost that amount of money, it would have been upon me to pay it. And I want you to learn a lesson, never do that again. When Rebbe saw, yesh koina oilomai b'sho achas, he realized, what are we playing with? If one can earn oilam haba in one hour, what high stakes are we gambling with when we throw away our time, when we throw away an hour, when we waste our time? Bocha Rebbe, so Rebbe cried. We're here in the Yemea Svira, where the whole point of Avoidus Hasvira is to make the most of our time, to count our days and to make our days count. And as we spoke last week, the Svarim Akdashim tell us the Iker, the main days of the Svira, are the first 33 days until Lagbaime. That's the time we're meant to be working on ourselves. From there on already shines the oil of Shvuas. And the days are going quicker and quicker. Are we making the most of it? Or are we gambling high stakes and letting these hours and these precious days slip away from us. We learned in the last two and three weeks the Midas of Chesed, Gvura, and Tiferes, and we explained that Chesed comes from Tzad HaYemin, from the right side, and it's the idea of his Spashtos, of spreading out, and Gvura is the idea of the left side of Smoil, and it represents the idea of strength, of restraint, of holding back. Now we find in this week, which is Netzach, and the next week, which is Hoid, we find again that they're compared to right and left. Netzach is compared to the right side, and Hoid corresponds to the left. And there's a posseg, What is the connection of Netzach to Yemin and to the Tzad of Chesed? And the Svarim Akdoshim explain, Chesed, 
The Chesed of Avraham Avinu is a concept, it's an ideal of infinite goodness, of his spashtis without gvul, without limit, Avraham Avinu knew low limit to his Chesed. To us, this is a concept that's an idea. It's a philosophy that we can understand, we can grasp with our minds, but we have to implement it into our physical lives. The physical manifestation, the embodiment of chesed, turning it into lemaisa, taking the bekoyach, taking what we know, and turning into an actual real-life activity, that is the midah of netzach. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter explains, there are two parts to a Yid's Avoidah. There's Vyodato Hayoim. First, you have to know what Hashem wants from us. And when we know that's not enough, there's Vahashevoisa We have to imprint it onto our hearts so we can live with that knowledge. We often know what we have to do, but when it comes to it, it's difficult. The story told about Reb Chaim Briske. He was collecting money for the Velozhny Yeshiva, and he came to a certain town with two very wealthy people who greeted him, and he said he's coming to raise money. They said, Ah, there's Yeshiva, Reb Chaim, the Rabban Shal Yisrael should go around raising money, we're not going to hear of it. You stay here, and we're going to raise the full amount that you need. And they spent the whole day, and they came back to him, and they said, look, we have half the money, you go home, and six weeks come back later, we'll have the rest of the money that you need. So Reb Chaim went home, six weeks later he came, and they gave him the rest of the money. And he was asking him how they managed to put together such a large sum, and they told him, to tell you the truth, we didn't even collect it, we decided to give it ourselves. So you decided to give it yourself, so you gave it the first time. Why did it take you six weeks to give the rest? He says, it wasn't so easy. He said, the first time I had to work very hard. We had to work very hard on ourselves to part with so much money. It took time. The first time was a big effort. It took us six weeks to be able to get ourselves up the strength, the ability to do it again. Rabbi Kiva had a mechutin. He had an Edom whose name was Shmuel Bernbaim. And his father was considered the wealthiest Yid in Russia, it was called the Russian Rothschild. And his son, Reb Chaim Shmuel Berman, when he writes in Agdomet to Sefer, he talks about his father. And he said, my father was a great Baltzadoka, but he had a nature that he was by nature very stingy. He was a Kamtsan. And when people would come into him for Tzadok, he would take a sack of gold, he would put it on the table, and he would turn around and say, I can't look, but take as much as you need. Because sometimes we know what we have to do, but we have limitations, we have gvulim. So even with the knowledge that we have to be mischaseid, and we want to be mashpia, we want to be mispashit, we need to have the koiches hanefesh to overcome the obstacles that stand in the way of achieving what we really want to do, what we want to be. What is the meaning of the word netzach? There are a few translations. We all know Netzach means eternity. Lenetzach Netzachim, forever and ever. There's another translation of Netzach. Mitzachim, a triumph, a victory, to overcome, to have a Netzachim in a battle. A person wants to do goodness. He wants to do chesed. He wants to be mispashet, but he has gvulim. He has boundaries. He has limitations. I want to help, but I'm very selfish. I may be cheap. I may be tired. I may not like this particular person who needs a favor from me. I may be just in a bad mood today. 
I know it's important to sit down and learn. I want to learn Bahasmada, but I've got boundaries. I'm lazy. I'm tired. I'm artsless. I don't have a concentration of many things on my head. So I have to do a battle with myself, with my limitations, to implement my true knowledge. And when I overcome that, that's a Nitzachon. That is the Midah of Netzach. I opened up the floodgates and I allowed my Rotzen of Hispashtus to pour forth and achieve my Viodato Hayoim and create out of it of and that is the meaning of eternity. Mitzachain is netzach. It's forever and ever because we live in a world of physical restriction. We live in a world of gvulim. And there are three basic dimensions to these gvulim. They're called oilam, shono, and nefesh. Oilam means space. Shona is man, is time. And nefesh is the soul, is the person. And all of these physical boundaries cannot be transcended, cannot be broken through by physical force. You can't break through time, and you can't break through, you can't break through space. But ruchnius, spirituality, is not bound by these physical limitations. And a tremendous from the Chsam Soifa. The Chsam Soifa asks the Kasha and the Haggadah. We begin the Haggadah, this is the bread of affliction, the Ochla Vasana Ba'ara, the Mitzrayim. And then we say, Kol Dichvin anybody who's hungry should come and join me at my Seder. And the Chsam Soifa asks a very straightforward question. He says, Holach is the beginning of Magid, it's part of the Seder. So shouldn't we first call in the guest, then start saying Magid? Why do we begin Holach Mani, then in the middle of that, call in the guest? And the Chsam Soivah says, Adova Nifle. He says, we know everything in this world is limited by physical dimensions. Yet we find that the Rochni is the world is not limited. We find that Miet Machzik has Hamerubah, who all of Klaus was able to gather together in front of the Oyel Moyed, even though there was no room for them. We find that Oroin, Einem in Amida, the place of the Oroin, did not take up any space. And the Chsam Soifer writes, we find in the Beis Hamigdash, Oim dem Tzvuvim, Mishtachvim, Levochen, there was place of, and the Chsam Soifer writes, I've seen this in my own Besmedish many times, when we had a small Besmedish and there was no room, and yet hundreds of people managed to fit in, because when we were Oisik in a Ruchni, the physical limitations become suspended. And he says, somebody prepares for a Seder, Balabosta cooks, how much food did she cook? She cooked for the people in her house. What if 10 guests walk in? Where is she going to find food to feed them? Listen to what the Chsam Soifa says. So begin the Seder. We're already Isaac in the Seder. We're involved in an Indian Ruchni. Now we don't have to be afraid to invite guests because however much food is in that pot, there will be enough. It will transcend the physical limitation to be able to feed your guests. We won't be bound by the gvulim of Oilam, Shono, and Nefesh. And that's why Avram Avinu, who was the original Baal Chesed, Chesed la Avram, was able to break through that boundary of Anoichi, the boundary of Nefesh, to give over his Nefesh and put it into other people's Nefeshes to be Mishaseh. Our world, Oilam Hazeh, is defined as a world of Zaman, a world that's time-based. In Oilom Habo, there's no time. It's Lamalam in Hazman. Zman, 
as we know it as time, also has another meaning. It's Miloshan Hazmona, preparation. Time just means preparation. This world is a world of preparation. The next world, no one, you cannot prepare anymore. It's just a time, Lekabel Schar, to enjoy the fruits of our labors, to get the Schar for what we've done. There's no more Zman, we've already arrived. Zman is this world. A world that's governed by Zman is finite, is not Nitzchi. When we are mispashet, when we go out of ourselves, out of our own limitations, out of the gvulim of our own anoichias, we are mischaseid to others. We grasp our, our, instead of grasping the world in a superficial oilam hazar oifen, we connect to that world of oilam habo, we become lamalam in hazman, and we touch eternity. When we learn Torah, I may have told over this story once, maybe some of the people in the Oilam heard it. I heard this from a grocer, a shishiva, who was once at a certain convention somewhere, and someone went to ask Ramosha Shaila. And Ramosha answered, you should do like this and like this. And the fellow said, but the Prima Godam, it says differently. So Ramosha said, I know about the Prima Godam, you should still do like this. And he asked him again, but what about the prima godam? He said, much I know the prima godam. It's a little different here. You should pass it like this. So the fellow didn't. Finally, the fellow goes to the, to the Svaram Shrank. He takes out a huge shulchanorech and he mixes it up to the prima godam. He shows Ramosha, here's the prima godam. So Ramosha got annoyed. And he said, I don't understand as American Yungelite. He says, I learned this prima godam 296 times and he's coming to show me this prima godam. Now, you hear such a hasoge. Moshe learned Prima Godim 200, 300 times. He learned Shas 400 times, 500 times. I spoke to somebody who had a chavrusa every day with Ramosha. And he told me that he learned Gemara with Ramosha. Ramosha learned Frek de Gemara, Enfer de Gemara, Frek Toysus. And he beautifully explained every word in Toysus. And he beautifully answered. You would think he learned like a computer. He was just, you couldn't find every word with a ziskite, with a neimis, with a savlonus, like a yida sitting and eating up a piece of Gemara. So the question arises, so when did Ramosha, who was so busy, who was carrying upon his shoulders all of Klal Yisro, who was Oisik and Sarchei Tzibu, who was writing Chubas and Writing so when did he have a chance to learn the Supreme Godam 296 times? The Teretz is because when your Isaac really in Ruchnius, we're not governed by the limitations of Zman. It's hard to understand, it's hard to grasp, this could really be so, but this is so, this is true. You see, Gedoyle Oilam had unbelievable kinyonim in Torah, kinyonim of Nitzchius in Torah, they broke through these Gvulim. That is the power of Netzach. The Ramchal in Sefer Derech Hashem explains that originally we were created that our physical beings should also be immortal. Our gufim were meant to be one with our neshamas, and a person was meant to walk into Gan Eden in his physical form with his body and stay there forever. That was the original plan for the world. And then a catastrophe happened which upset an occurrence that overturned all of the plans. And that was the Chet of the Eitz Hadas. And when Adam Rishon ate from the Eitz Hadas, we became mortal. And we became subject to Misa. Our Nitzchias, the Nitzchias of our Gufim was crushed. How did we respond? Adam Rishon, when he was banished from Gan Eden, the next Pasik tells us that he performed the greatest chesed that there is in the human experience. We know 
You can deal with chesed to somebody, you can give somebody a meal, you can give somebody a loan, you can give somebody a place to sleep, you can give somebody your time, you can give somebody five years of your time. But what does it mean to give somebody life? To give somebody his life itself. And that is the mitzvah of Piriya Verivya, of procreation. Immediately the next posik after the girush from Ganeid and after the exile from paradise was Adam, Arishain, and Chava were moiled their children. They gave birth to Cain Vehebel. Because this is the greatest act of chesed that there is to give life. And not just to give life. Because we know that for children we give everything. We care for them. We support them. We nurture them. We give them our hearts, our souls, our money, everything that we have. And it's just a marshal, a little bit of a marshal. We tried to understand. We spoke the first week about chesed. How much the Rabbinish Lehm is constantly giving to us to understand that the Rabbinish is mechayos every single second. He's mechadish b'chol yem tuva masa b'reishas every single. A little marshal on that is how what parents are constantly, constantly giving to their children, because when nitzchias was taken away from us, when our gufim were destined to become mortal, and we were punished with the oynish of misa. So the chelik hanitzchid within us was striving for immortality, to transcend the gvulim of zman. And the first mitzvah in the Torah is period berivia. And every living being, every creature, every cell has the innate ability to duplicate itself. means to give itself away and reproduce and give life and to be menatzeach himself, to eternalize himself, to transcend the gvulim of zman, the gvulim of nefesh, the gvulim of mokoim. And since the chet of Eitz Hadas, that is how we live in Nitzchias, by producing doiris. And that's why these words always go together. L'dor v'dor u'l'neitzach nitzochim. L'dor v'dor nagid godloch u'l'neitzach nitzochim kidushos chonagdish. Because man was given the ability to touch eternity and to live beyond himself and to be menatzeach, his existence. And that's why after the Chet of the Eitz Hadas, Adam Rishon was told, Koitz v'dardar tatzmiach v'dardar as Miloshen dor dor l'dor v'dor nagid so we're always striving to break through the gvulim that hold us back, the limitations, the physical limitations that there are in this world. There are other expressions of nitzchias. There are times we all feel we can touch, we can go beyond ourselves and enter a different realm. A marshal of this is music. Nagina, shira. As the Pasuk tells us, and the Ruach Hashem came upon Shol. Music, shira, has the ability, we know, a person feels he's just a physical self, and somebody who can tap into dveikus, into simcha, into matzavim, that are beyond his real self through the, through the tzinor, through the vehicle of shira. And the Balatanya said, a nigan has the koyach, the ability to take a person from the place where he is and bring him to somewhere else. It can break through the boundaries of mokoim. How do we refer to music in tilim? Lamanatseach, mizmo 
Ledovit, the Indian of Nitzachon, of breaking through boundaries, and that special sweetness of Ni'imois B'yemin Chonetzach, the sweetness of not being bound to our physical limitations. That is how we describe David HaMelech, Ni'im Zemirois Yisrael, the sweetness of Torah, the Rocher Darkei Noyam, V'chol Nesibos Sehasholot. So there are many different examples that show us that when we look at our hands and our feet and our physical bodies and our physical existence, there's much more to it. Although it appears that we're bound and that we're limited, that's only because we're looking with eyes of Oilam Hazer. But we have to believe that we can become Nitzchim and we're constantly striving for eternity and that is through the Nitzchoinos, the overcoming, the limitations and the various Yetzirahs that stand in our way. Now to be motivated, to have the impetus and the strength to want to strive to overcome, to be a Menatseach, we need to have some sort of grasp of the idea of eternity, forever and ever. What does it mean forever? We have to try to be mamchishit. The Balei Musa, Rav Desla brings, I think he brings Rabbi Saul Salantov, one of the great Balei Musa, he says, imagine a massive building, blocks and blocks long, that's filled till the rooftop with tiny little sesame seeds, trillions and quadrillions of sesame seeds. And every one million years, a bird comes along and takes off one. How long would it take to take them all? says, that's a joke compared to Nitzchias, because that's finite. Ultimately, that can come to an end. Nitzchias is endless. The Chafetz Chaim once said, imagine if somebody has an appointment, and he has to prepare for the appointments. He gets himself dressed. A certain amount of time, one has to prepare to go to an appointment, to go to a chasana, to go for a job interview. And according to how important whatever it is he's preparing for, that's how much time he needs for preparation. What type of appointment must it be if we have to prepare 70 years or 120 years to go there? If Haskin the said our entire existence on this world is just to prepare for Neitzach Nitzachim, it's just to prepare ourselves for Nitzchias. Because Oilam Habo is endless, it's limitless, it's breaking through of all the gvulim. Someone's asked a question, the Gemara tells a story that one of the Amiroim was going through the desert and a traveler told him, I want to show you Bluye de Koirach, where the children of Koirach are buried in the ground. And he took him to a place, he saw smoke rising out of the ground, and he put your ear to it and you were able to hear them crying, Moshe emes v'sayrose emes v'hein badoin. That Moshe is true, his Torah is true, and we are liars. Somebody asked the question, why is it? I mean, this is for thousands of years. How many times do you keep on saying over and over again the same thing? And perhaps the answer is, if you look at the Rabbi Nuyoyin, this week's Perik, the Shabbos, he talks about the concept of Busha, of the Busha and Oilam Habo. He says, in this world, we know one could go through an experience of shame, of humiliation, and the pain could be very intense, but after a while it wears off. And depending on how sharp the busha is, the longer it takes for him to get over it. But he says, because we have gufim, and the gufim are not nitzchi, they're not eternal, eventually the feeling of busha goes away. But in oilam ha'emes, and oilam habo, there's no guf, there's only neshama, and the neshama is nitzchi. So the hergish, the sensation of busha is at its intensity, at the you always feel like it's at the very first moment and it never wears off. And let's try to understand this. Rebelli Lapian once told a Meister, said there were two very Choshava businessmen who were neighbors and they both were wheat dealers. They were very respected members of the community. And one night, one of them heard in one of his storage houses there was a rustling. 
and he went to check, and he saw his neighbor, this very chosh of a respected businessman, he caught him in the act of stealing sacks of wheat, and he had noticed over the last couple of months there was wheat disappearing, and he caught him stealing. So this man's busha was so unbelievable, he ran into his house, and he didn't leave for a full year. He couldn't come out, he was so embarrassed. And at the end of the year, it took him each day a little bit, little bit, but eventually he was able to get over it. In Olam Habor, with his nose man, where there's no time, where there's only Netzach, the hergish of Busha for an Aveir is endless, it's infinite. So the feeling that the Bnei Koirach felt at that moment when they were swallowed up by the ground, when they realized in all its stark and perfect truth, Moshe Emes, Vesayrosay Emes, that revelation never wears off because in the Olam of Netzach, it's again and again with that same intensity like the first moment, they're still crying, Moshe Emes, Vesayrosay Emes, every single second. That's what Nitzchi is. And this goes, let's have that toif. The Goyen explains what Oz Yimole Schoik Pinu. In Simcha, there are two stages. Somebody has tremendous good news. He won a million dollars in the lottery. So his first reaction is one of ecstasy. He just is in, in rapture. He, he's, he's, he's beside himself. Then he calms down, and he's besimcha, and he can experience, he, he feels, he feels he, and he starts to contemplate what he has. But that original moment of schoik is only for a second. It's only short-lived. In Oilomo Emes, Oz Yimole Schoik Pinu. The level of Schoik never ends. It's a constant regeneration and reliving of that initial moment of unbelievable ecstasy and joy. That is Nitzchius of Oilom Habo. There's no wearing down through the Gvulim of Oilom Hazeh. We are an Am Netzach. We are a nation. We're an eternal nation. That's why we're still here when all other nations cease to exist. It's a Moiradiki interesting vote from the Avnei Nezer. The Avnei Nezer says, the Medrash, the Gemara tells us by Matan Torah, the Ebishter went to every nation and he offered them the Torah. And Yishmol said, we can't keep it because of Loisinov. And Esav said, we can't keep it because of Loisirtsoch. And he explains that every nation has to have something in the Torah that's diametrically opposed to its essence. And to be able to overcome that opposition is Kabbalah Satoyer. And diametrically opposed to the essence of Esav was Loisirtzach. And to Yishmol is Loisinov. Now, it would only be fair, he says, if Hashem offers us the Torah, there has to be something in the Torah that is a total contradiction to our Yiddish Mohus. And Avnei Nezer says, that's the mitzvah of Hagbolah. We were told to be magbal ourselves, to limit ourselves, to stand around Hasinai and not break forth because even by nature we strive, we want to grow, we don't want to be limited. And that expresses itself in many ways. But the Goyim say we're aggressive, we get insulted when they say that. It's true. It's true. You ever see a Jew standing online for too long? <laughs> He's always trying to get ahead, He's always trying to push ahead. He, he, we, we don't like to be mugbal, we don't like to be limited because we are an eternal nation. And because we are, we are connected to this idea of Nitzchius, we strive and we reach toward Nitzchius. And Nitzchius is, is 
endless just to understand the vastness of Oilam Habo. Chazal tell us Yofesho Achas shall koiras ruach boilam habo mikol chaya oilamaze. And Rav Desla is Mazbe, I think he says Bishemir Bisol Salante. Says, what does Kol Chai Oilam Hazem mean? Imagine if you were to take all the joy and all the pleasures and all the delights of every king and every billionaire in the world, and you would try to pack all that enjoyment and all that pleasure into one minute of unbelievable simcha. Says, now imagine not just that. Take all the joys that have been experienced in the last almost 6,000 years since Bria Salem, every moment of Nachas Ruach, every moment of pleasure, every moment of victory, every moment of triumph, every moment of, 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 of intense joy that any person ever experienced since humans have inhabited this planet. And try to take that and put it all together. That doesn't equal Shoachas of Koiras Ruach. And Koiras Ruach is not the pleasure itself. Like you walk by a bakery and you get a sniff of the good cakes. That's Koiras Ruach. Of what Oilam Habo is. Chazal tell us Nebuchadnezzar for the three steps that he took or four steps that he took Luchvoid Hashem was given his schar on this world, and his schar was to be a moilich bekeeper, that he ruled over the entire universe. And the Chafetz Chaim says, look, to give Nebuchadnezzar schar for one good act, for one good deed, schar mitzvah b'hai al-malek, the world cannot contain the schar of a mitzvah. To give this Russia so he shouldn't have any tviyah noilam abo, nothing less than domination of the entire universe would be enough to be schar for a mitzvah. So when we look at a shoachas, we have to look with oilam habodika eyes. You look at a glass of water. We're looking at a glass of water. But on this glass of water, I can make a brocha, shahakal ni'i and this glass of water can contain more pleasure and more hanon, more kairas ruach. It's an atom bomb. It's an unbelievable source of pleasure and oinig and ruach and oilam abo. The opportunity to learn Torah for 10 minutes, to learn Torah for an hour. What is it? To do a chesed, to say a good word to somebody, to give a bit of tzedakah, to daven, to make a brocha. There's so much power, we just take it for granted. We don't understand these are, this, all of this nitzchias, all of this endless koiras ruch, where is it created on this world? Now sometimes they tell you, you want to plant a whole garden, they send you a packet of seeds, it comes in a little envelope. In this packet of seeds are the seeds for the whole garden. That's, that's a, a narish emotion to the amount of energy and the amount of potential that there is in one maisa toiv. One Krishna, one Tfilah, which every single Tfilah that Riyah Kodesh writes from the time of Anshikna Sagdoyla was put into it what its particular ticket has to be. And this Mincha that I'm sending up to Shemaim right now is going to be there forever. This Krishna I'm about to lame. This Svirasoyim I'm about to count. I'm building something that's eternal, that encompasses all of the worlds that we know. Little old me is carrying this around. That's one aspect of eternity of Nitzchias. How do we look at opportunities? Do we cry like Rebbe when we realize what a person could be koine b'sho'achas? 
The Mishnah says his takel b'shloishet dvarim damayai in basal on ato hoylech lufnei mi ato osad liten din becheshben. In the Balai Musa the altar from Kelim b'sol salante say a moir dikip shat. And this is very important when we want to understand nitzchias. We want to understand netzach. We tend to think of ourselves of our goof. I have my goof and I have my neshama. When this world is done, my neshama will be separated from my goof. It's going to go up to Shemaim. And there's going to, have to There's going to be some sort of connection to Tsar, to Bush, to Bezoyim. I don't know who it is or what it is, but it's my neshama. Maybe it's called my name. We can't really relate to our neshama. Zoktun's the Tana, you're making a big mistake. Our neshamas is me and you exactly as we are, with the same feelings, with the same fever, with the same knowledge, with the same understanding we possess at this very moment. Don't think it's somebody else. It's you as you know yourself. Somebody has to have a limb amputated. So they take that foot and they put it into the, into the ground. Does that person become a different person? He knows still who he is. Now what if you take off one foot, if you take off the entire goof, the person remains himself. That's why Rav Desla has a moir, the Gishmuz, the end of Chei Lekal, of Mechtem Elio, has a peri called Peri Gehenim. And he brings a chazal in Mesech de Gehenim, from the Mesech des Ketanis. And it brings, it says that, that on every Shabbos, the Rishom are taken out of Gehenim, and they sit between two mountains of snow to cool off. And as Shabbos comes to an end, they grab handfuls of snow, and they put it under their arms to cool off when they're going to spend the rest of the week back in Gehenim. And the Rabbi Nishalalim says, Rishoyim, even here in Gehenim, you're still stealing. So I state the Chazal. says that this, the Chazal defines understanding. What does it mean somebody whose home address is Rechoyim Gehenim? He lives there and he knows the Oynish for, and he's still being Oysik in Geneva and Gezel. And what does it mean? How does he even think that in the Oylem Ho'emes he could take stolen snow, whatever that represents, and he could cool himself off with Geneva, Kenega, the Rats, and Hashem. It doesn't have a Hezber. As we see from here what he calls Dover, Mavil, Umusar, Noira, of Deshler writes. We tend to think that we leave this world, the Oylem Hashek, and we go to the next world. We're on the Oylem Ha'emes, and we become immediately Anche Emes. Doesn't work like that. Gehenim is not a Mesakein. Doesn't fix us. It only destroys the Ra that's within us. And until we go through the Zichuch of Gehenim, that Ra remains within us, and we stay the same people. Rav Shachzatzal told over a Mice, there was a story in Vilna, where there was a Dibuk, and the people were asking the Dibuk all sorts of questions. They were saying, Dvarim Neuroim, and middle the Dibik began to talk the most disgusting nivel peh and the people were so embarrassed they had to run away and someone asked me said you're here you're being you're going through kafa keller you're being thrown from one end of the world to the other and the malachi chavola right around you how could you talk like this haven't you learned your lessons you think you change when you get up here we retain our personalities our understandings our feelings our sensitivities this is who we are which should give us pause. If we have a middah that needs working on, if we bring ourselves to a certain type of regilus, imagine somebody goes to the store, he wants to buy a, a bag of oranges. Doesn't give it much thought, buys a bag of oranges. If he wants to buy a hat, it takes more time. He looks in the mirror, he thinks it over, oh, this style, that style, how much does it cost? If he wants to buy a pair of glasses, may think even more, wants to know the latest styles, wants to make sure it fits him, has to, the optician has to make sure the lens is good for him. If he wants to buy a car, he needs even more. And if he wants to buy a house, 
Because the longer he needs something, the more thought he puts in. I'm going to live in this house for 20 years. The bit of glasses I'll need for two years. The, the oranges I'll need for a day. So as long as he needs th- something, the more he thought he puts into. I once said to the Bachem in Yeshiva, said, imagine if we were born without noses. And you only get your nose at the age of 13. And then you have to choose a nose. And uh, it gets uh, installed. And you know that this is the nose you're going to have for the rest of your life. Imagine how much time we would put into choosing a nose. We would go through catalogs, this nose, that nose. We didn't just, just call up, send it by mail. Lord, I would go for a fitting six times. And if, you know, and if Khalil, if the guy puts it on a tiny drop, crooked, <laughs> what do you mean? I'm stuck with this for life. I'm stuck with this forever. I got to walk on this nose for 120 years. How much would a person think and put effort because he knows that this is going to be his physical appearance? He's so worried how his suit looks and he's so worried how his hat looks, which he can change. So part of his physical being. But even that's only for 120 years. But our midas is lenetzach lentzochim. He's going to be like that in Olam Habo too. Because we take with us lenetzach, the kinyonim and the characteristics that we taught ourselves in this world. So how important it is for us to develop ourselves properly, to realize a bad habit is not just, or a bad regilus, or a bad middah, is not, it's something we, we, we're bestowing it upon ourselves. For, for, you can't say trillions of years, because that's a joke. It's forever. And if a person works on a middah toiva, what is he giving himself? He's giving himself a luster, a brilliance that's going to last with him forever and ever and ever. Maybe some of us find this disheartening or frightening. No, it should be encouraging. Because we can build for ourselves such magnificent edifices, such magnificent palaces. There's an idea that's brought in this, in the Slonim is for many chsidish svarim. Bring a moridik in the kudah. Nitzachon. Every nitzachon, every victory of the Yitzhahari is nitzchiyas. What does that mean? An example, when Avram came to Mitzrayim with Sora, so he hid Sora in a box, he was afraid that she would be taken by Parah. And when he, she came, he came to the border, and the border police asked what's in the box, and he tried to push them off. And the Medrash says, first, he said, I'll pay you the tax for cloth. They should think there's just cloth in it. And they said, no, um, we open up. He says, okay, maybe the silver, I'll pay you for silver. Open up, I'll pay you for gold, I'll pay you for diamonds. He offered and offered, kept raising to offer to pay. No matter what's in there, I'll be rather than open. At the end, they opened the box, and out came Sarah, and the whole Mitzrayim lit up from Ziva Vahadar, and they took it to Beispare. As a Moradik Akasha, what did Avram think was going to happen? I mean, was he planning on keeping her in a box forever? Did he not realize that by each time he ups the price, he's going to make them suspicious? Of course, he's hiding something. Of course, they're going to force him to open it up. What could have been the kavan of Avram Avinu? We know the whole experience of Sora in the palace of Parai was a ma'isa of a simen lebonim to be goyder yiddish akinda later when they're going to be in Eretz Mitzrayim and the Erva Sa'oretz and they're going to be, have to be able to withstand the terrible tomb of Gilearayas and this way was, 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 was the path was forged by the Mesiris Nefesh of Sora Imenu in fighting the battle not to become Nitma Nivgam Ayyidei Parai Horosha and part of the battle with the Yitzhahara 
Avraham Avinu was teaching us that every little bit, every small Nitzachah, even if Rahman would stand in the end, the Yitzhar of wins. But every little bit that a person fought and pushed off and he was matzliach, that's lenetzach. That stays with us. That's never lost. Amotzi Yom Kippur in Mir in Shanghai. It was a little bit of a longish menesra and it was a little bit later. And the Bochrim, some of the Bochrim wanted to give a present to Reb Chatzkel. And even though they were very hungry, right after Marev, they sat down to learn a seid. And the Mashkirch Reb Chatzkel admired the Ganachas. And because he gave me this joy, I'm going to give you joy and tell you a word. He said a story. He said there was somebody who built a huge tower. And he kept building and building. He finally came to the very top of the tower. And he came tumbling down. He fell down on the ground and said, Oh, my whole tower collapsed. So your tower didn't collapse. Your tower's still standing. You fell down, but your tower's still there. On Yom Kippur, we build ourselves towers, towering uh, uh, palaces of Avodah Hashem, of tshuva, of closeness to the Rabbi Nishalayim. And after Yom Kippur, we fall off the tower. So we think the tower came tumbling down. The tower didn't keep still standing. We fell down. But what we built at that moment stays forever. Every single nitzachon is nitzchiyah, stays forever. And even if a person doesn't have every krechs that he has, every bit of charata makes a difference, it gives a shinitzure. And every time he overcomes his yaitzar and he fights and he does battle, he is creating a tzura of nitzchiyah for himself that will be with him forever and ever. So in our grasp of Nitzchiyas, the first thing is to have the proper hashkofa, to understand that things are not what they seem to be. We see things in very, very small form. We see ourselves, we see people. We think a person is just the finite dimensions of the person. The Nefesh Chaim writes that the goof and the neshama could be compared to the goof is like a shoe. How much of a person fits into a shoe? Just the akev, just the bottom of his foot. Everything else is out of the shoe. It says a person has a goof. How much of his neshama is in that goof? The very tip of the neshama. The rest of his neshama rises above the goof like a body out of a shoe and goes up till shamayim. Who are we looking at? Who, we tend to look at things in, in such, with, with such limited eyesight. And we grasp things only as they apply to our immediate needs in our hoiva without any shaykhis tenetzach. Like a little child walks into, he, sees, he goes into a puppet show, theater. And he's just looking at the puppets dancing around. But someone who owns the puppet theater, he looks at the guy on top who's moving the strings around. Because he understands that's where it's all at. This is just a tiny little part of the show. Oh, that, a, a Pesach seder. And there were a lot of people sitting around the table. There was one little boy about four years old, walked over to somebody, he was just a younger man, and he keeps asking him, are you a father? Are you a father? And this guy was, was only married a few months, he was getting annoyed. Like, what do you ask him? Are you a father? And I realized, I said to him, he, all he wants to know is if you have an afikoyman. It's all he's interested in. To you, all he represents, all you, your history is not important, your, your life is not important, your children are important. He just looks at his tiny little childish world. Have you got an Afrikaimen? Haven't you not got an Afrikaimen? If we look at people, if we look at ourselves like little children, we ignore that there's such a chalik of us, that's oilam habo. And we would look at our lives that way. We would understand things with such a greater depth. We would accept things with such a greater depth. Because we would realize that this world is just a tiny little hoiva. It's a little, it's a, it's a, it's a little prusdor leading into a traklin. Imagine if somebody, 
his wife decides to order a brand new expensive living room set. Spends a lot of money, and he agrees, okay, we need a new living room set. And they come and they deliver it. And the workmen, the delivery men, they just put it right in the front of the house. There's a hallway. They put the whole thing. They piled it up in chairs and tables, everything in the hallway. And he walks in. He says to his balabuste, he says, this is what you bought. Look, this looks terrible. You, you can't. This is what you paid so much money. No, it's not. It's not in its right place. It doesn't belong here. This is meant to be in the dining room, in the living. When you put it in the living room, you'll see how beautifully it fits. You're just looking at it in the wrong place. Somebody walks out, and he's getting into his car. Somebody smashes into me, dents his car. He has agmas nefesh. His car's ruined. On this road, it looks terrible. But in the other world, it looks moiradik. In the next world, every bit of agmas nefesh fits so beautifully. It's just joy and nachas for the person. It's kaporas avoynis. But he's looking at it in this tiny little lens and it's such a narrow field of vision. Person has problems and worries and sorrows and oppressions and he has problems. Parnosa kominezachen, which taka in this world look terrible. But if you're looking at it through a, a lens of nitzchi, it has a completely different look to it, it has a completely different hashkafa to it. All this world is just a world of hoiva, it's transient, it, it, it doesn't have, it doesn't, it, it, it's, it's finite, it's mugbul. Netzach corresponds to Moshe. Moshe emes v'soyrosay emes. Netzach equals truth. It equals emes. Because there's no greater netzachin in the world. Historically, truth has always prevailed. There were many isms. Communism, the greatest sheker, the greatest falsehood when it was betoikva. It was so powerful, so awesome. It seemed it can never be brought down. But it has no staying power because sheker ain't like raglayim. And every falsehood and every false ideal just fell apart and fell apart. And no nation was ever able to prevail except an am of emes because emes and nitzchias is one. Svas emes tikoin load as chazal tell us sheker ain't like raglayim. Sheker, even the letters of Sheker can't stand. They have no feet to stand on. It's because we are Makusha, because we're connected to Emes and to truth that we are an Am of Netzach. And this world, which is a, which, which is a, a temporary world, is called an Alma de Shikra, world of lies. Only the world of Netzach is called an Alma de Kshoit, is called an Oilam or Emes. And that's why it's so important. Why by Eden, why by Tzadikim, the concept of Emes wasn't just because you have to be nice and you have to be good and have to be honest. It was fundamental. It was so deeply ingrained into the existence of Klal Yisrael that the, when one is close to Emes, he's close to the Rabbeinu So The wise men of Athens met with Rabbi Yeshua ben Chanyani and they had many different discussions. And one of the questions they asked him was, tell us a lie. And he said, there's a mule who just gave birth. Pray the Shayolda. You know, so they said, a mule, can a mule give birth? He said, that's the lie that you asked me to say. And the Gemara is Meraf Senegar. What does it mean? Why, what kind of trick is it to tell a tall tale, to tell a lie? And then he tells a lie, they say, that's a lie. And then he answers, that's the lie. What's going on over here? So there's a Moedic explanation from the Vilna Magid. By Goyim, a lie just means something that fools somebody. 
if you take, if you say a lie, and because you manage to steal from somebody, you manage to trick somebody, that's a lie. But just because it's not true, that doesn't make. That's nothing wrong with saying something that's not true. The answer, Bishur Bechanani, tell us by you, by Eden, what's a lie? He said, by us, a lie is to say a mule gave birth, and he said, can a mule give? That's not. Everybody knows that it's a lie. He says, by us, that's the lie. That's what constitutes a sheker. Because by Klal Yisrael, being that we are an Am Netzach, our connection to truth is because it's our Etzem. It's not because it's about being good. It's about being who we are. We are an Am Netzach. And an Am Netzach has to be a Svas Emes, Tikoin Loah, that has to stand forever. As the Alter von Kelm writes, he writes such a riches in Dvorim Neuroim, how the most difficult middle for a person to achieve, because a person has so many negias and so many things turning him away from the truth, and how often do we some, how often do we, do we live? There are people who so want things their way that they, whatever their rotsen is, they insist their rotsen has to be emes. They want night to be day, it'll be day. They're constantly trying to make the mitzias stim with their ritzayin instead of making their ritzayin stim with the mitzias. We are an Am of Emes, an Am of Netzach. There's another aspect to Netzach. And this comes out sometimes in a middah that's not always so admirable. We all have within us a middah and a desire for Netzachen. We all want to win. If we didn't have this desire, there wouldn't be this multi-billion dollar industry of sports, which nobody can understand, and what does it exist? It just exists because we convince these people that the guys in these uniforms are somehow connected to you, and the guys with the sticks in the other uniform somehow connected to him. And because now they from my city, we're ready to scream and cheer and and and, and who knows what and spend millions of dollars because my side has to win. Now, where does this come from? We think it comes from Gaiva. It doesn't come from Gaiva. Somebody told a story. It was a rebbe, a very devoted rebbe, who had a child in his class, an eight-year-old boy who was hospitalized. And he went to visit him, and he bought him a present. He bought him, he said, I bought him a, a game of checkers. And he was so happy to see me, but he was upset. I don't know how to play checkers. I told him, don't worry, I'll teach you how to play checkers. And he sat by his bed, he took out the checker set, and he was showing him. And the first game, he let him win. The second game, he let him win. And the child was picking it up, how to play. He says, in the middle of the game, I suddenly realized I'm trying to beat him. I'm fighting now with an eight-year-old kid. I'm trying to figure out, I don't want to lose. Here I came to make this child happy. And yet the taivas hanetzach and the desire to win without any sense. It just, and one, and it, whether somebody else, people play a little game by themselves. Nobody knows whether they're winning or not. But he wants to win. He wants to beat the machine. Why? Because we have within us a midah of netzach, a midah of immortality. And every loss... Every time we're turned back and we don't win, that's a mini death. That's a small reminder that we're mortal, that we cannot, that we are limited, that we cannot overpower the gvulim, the boundaries that limit us. And therefore, we always want to win. We always want to be menatseach. There's a terrible yetzahara of machloikis. And people get involved in machloikis and, and they forget after years, what the fight was about. It's just a taiva for Nitzachim. It's very important to remember, I want to say over Achsam Soifer, that's a dover nifle, Achsam Soifer in Parshas Vayigash. And he explains the Pasek, there's a Pasek, Hasom Gvuleich Sholoim Chelev Chito Yasbiakum. Hasom Gvuleich Sholoim. Every person, he says, has das, has seichel, 
But his seichel comes to a gvul by certain things. The greatest chacham has his weakness where he loses his seichel. For some person, it could be his kas. He could be a very smart, refined person. When he loses his temper, he's lost. That's his gvul. For another person, it could be his money. For another person, it could be his children. There are people who could be wonderful, fine person, where they think that somebody somehow even touched or did anything against their child. They become completely irresponsible without any. They lose all the midas. They become nishtadeken. There's such a thing. A chacham. A person who's a wise man mustn't have any gvulim. He has to have his chachma has to overpower all the limitations, except for one thing. When it comes to sholem, when it comes to peace, a chacham has to say, here is my gvul. Here is where I lose my seichel. Even if I'm right, I'm a hundred percent, I could show that guy and I could teach him a lesson. This has to be my boundary because the sake of shleim is the sake of sholem. I will not use my chachma anymore. And he says, that's what the posik fears is. Chelev chitim if a person who makes gevuloi sholom, even though we know that mezoinus and parnosah is totally in a person's mazel, before a person is born, it's determined whether he's going to be an asher or an ani, and there's nothing he can do to change that. However, if a person can bring himself to this level, that he can be mevater on his taibus on the in a machloikis, and he breaks through the gvulim, because he realizes that when somebody is attacking me or somebody is insulting me, my goal is not to be menatzeach him. My goal is to be menatzeach the Yitzhahara. Because this person giving me tzar as a messenger from the Rebbeinu I'm testing my midas. He's not Nagea. He's just the guy in the shoe. But what's really coming at me is an Esoyim and a Shemaim. And my Nitzachan shouldn't be over him. My Nitzachan should be in a completely different battlefield. And when he realizes that, because he didn't let himself be controlled by his Gvulim, his own gvulim, his limitations that said you can only accomplish so much and you can only be so great, you can only be so wealthy, you can only have so much, become bottle of mavutl because he overcame his limitations, the other limitations go. The Chsam says that machloikis echod parnosois. How many fights do people get in over money? And they don't realize the fighting is costing them much more than they could ever hope to win. The vitur. Being menatseach the Yitzhahara. Winning on the different battlefield. That breaks the boundaries and limitations that restrain a person. Reb Chaim writes, Boduk And he heard it from many tzaddikim. When a person is in a machloikas or he feels somebody's attacking him, someone has tainus on him. If he can work on himself to bring himself to an ahava gemura of that person, a total understanding of the other person's point of view, the sin in the other person's heart will become bottle and he will come to love. And he says, it's bodhikuminus. It's not an easy thing. It's a difficult madrega, but for a nation of nitzchiyim who know how to overcome boundaries and how to overcome gvulim, 
we should be able to accomplish this. Now all our battles, all our victories bring us nitzchiyas. But there's one fundamental nitzachim that propels us into a totally different level of shleimus. And he who has this power is invincible. He becomes a superpower. And this is especially pertains to the Yemei Hasvira. The beginning of our quest for Nitzchias began with our being banished from Gan Eden. And that was the Chet of the Eight Sadas. The Chet of the Eight Sadas, the Shemishmuel explains, was a Chesorin in the Midah of Tmimus. In the Midah of accepting what Hashem told us. We wanted to be Kashem Yoidei Toi Vora Yisem Kelekim. We wanted to understand on our own. We wanted more than we were told. And breaking the midah of Tmimus brings Misa. And that's why if you take the letters Tam, you switch it around, it becomes Mace. Our Nitzchias, our immortality was lost because of a lack of Tmimus. And the way to replace it, the Shemishmul, many other Svarim bring this Yesoid. The Mokim Adam Arishan is brought, the Koyen Godel replaced Adam Arishan. That's why the Koyen Godel has to hold himself back from any inyonim of Pirud. He has to be a Tomim. He mustn't be Makrav Balmum. He cannot marry a Gerusha. Anything that's separate, anything that represents Pirud. Because the Koyen has to be Makarav and bring together all the world, Bishlamis and Mamele. He has to avoid Tumas Mes. Yaakov Ish Tom. Yankiv was Shleimus, Yankiv Avinu Loi Mes. The closer we are to Tmimus, the further away we are from Misa, and the closer we are to Nitzchis, because Misa and Netzach are in a constant battle. That's why at Levi we say the Pasek, Bila Hamoves Lo Netzach. Netzach should overcome Misa, should overcome the curse, the, the Orur that we got at the time of the Chet of the Eight Sadas. The Yemeha Svira, Sheva Shabosois Timimois Tieno. We're meant to be working on this Avoida of Timimus. And the Avoida of Timimus is Altachkoir Kol Mashe Yaver Olecho Kabul Betimimus. An unbelievable difficult Avoida. A recognition that whatever happens to us is from the Rabbi Shalom, I'm a Kabbalah and I accept it Betimimus. And this brings us to a level of Shlemus. Shlemus, what's it? Another is a Shalom. How does somebody get Shlemus? Shlemus. There's a way for a person to be a Sholem. And people have so many difficult nisyonas. The Rebbein tests us in so many difficult ways. But the closer a person can say, if it's from the Rebbein Shalem, I'm a Kabbalah B'tmimus, the closer he becomes to Nitzchis. I want to read you a lotion from the Heilig Hashem Mishmul and Parshas Emor. Zui ho eitzo ha The tried and tested answer. The yesoid musod letachlis hayohadis liyoiz betmimus v'sheloi lachker ulaharer acher shum dover. Now whatever it is, the person should understand that it's from the Rabbeinu Shalom and it's good. And he says, we think it's just an avoid. It's important. It's good for a person to be betmimus. No, it's much more than that. Much more than that. 
If a person goes with wholesome acceptance of whatever Hashem deals his way, he pushes away, he dispels, he destroys all of the enemies, all of the Midas Hadin, So it's not just a Midas Hadin, it's a weapon to defeat the Koyche Sarah who want to destroy us, as it says in the Gemara by the Zorah, Because that's the connection to Nitzchiyas, Nitzchiyas or true the Netzach tonight we're going to be counting in Metzah Shem soon Netzach Shebe Netzach the highest level of Netzach means a person is invincible nothing can overcome him he's the greatest level of Shlemus that there is he's a Tomim He's Tomim Tiem Hashem Eloikecho he is the greatest Menatzeach walking the face of this earth he is the strongest, he's the greatest power. There's a story told about the Toldus Yankiv Yosef, the Talmud of the Helegab Al Shemtiv. And he was a Koyan. And Ghazal tell us that Koyanim have a this predisposition sometimes to cast. And he worked very hard to uproot caste, to get it out of his system. And he felt still he needed some work. And he decided he's traveling to Meshbush to his Rebbe to the Baal Shemtiv. And he packed along suitcases full. He took along extra boots and extra clothing and, and food and, and, and drinks and, and schnapps. And on the way, he saw a poor beggar who was tattered and schlepping along hungry. And he called and says, Rabid, where are you going? He says, maybe I can give you a ride. So I'm going there, I'm going this direction. The Yid looks and says, Oy if it's like this, it's good like this. He says, look, we look so cold. I have extra coats. I'll give you a coat. I'll give you a pair of boots. I'll give you a drink of whiskey. You can warm yourself up. If it's like this, it's good the way it is. And he wouldn't come with him. Finally, told his travels till he gets to Mejbitz. And the Balshemta was Margish that he's coming. And he came out to greet him. And he said, Rabbi Yankiv Yosef, Ashrei ha'om shekocho loy. Fortunate is the nation Shekocho Aseizazoi is loy, who can say Kocho, if this is the way it is, this is good. Fortunate is the nation who has this power, who has this Koyach of Tmimus, of Kol Mashi Yavar Alecho Tekabal Betmimus. And this goes not just for the big things in life, for the big stuff, but the little annoyances. If you're the guy in Shul who always has a complaint, this is not good, the window's not good, the air conditioner's not good, the Dachazan's no good, yeah, you're the guy, don't be him. Look at the person who says, If you're the guy in the family, whenever there's a simcha, there's something always, you're insulted, you're annoyed. Don't be that guy. If, you, if we're a complainer, we're a misoin, and we're, we're not, you have to remember, the episodes should, should not test us, we shouldn't know. But the greatest level of Netzach, of Netzach Netzachim, the opposite of me, Sechayim Gimurim, is Tomim Tiem Hashem Alekech Hashem HaShabos, is Timimoyz Tieno, to be like Yankov Ishtom Yoyshe Vayholim. And the Eber says, Alhelfin, if we tap into this Midah, we'll be Zoyche to a sweetness, to a Neimus of Neimus Bimincho Netzach. 
The midah of Netzach brings a life of delicious joy, of sweetness, of pleasantness. And will be zoichet to the midah of Noim, which is the Rechetavus Mechabetz Nitchayama Yisrael. And will be zoichet to Tiskadal Vesiskadash, Besoich Yerushalayim, Ircha Ledor Vador Le Netzach Netzachim.